here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your home of the longest-running Amazon PPC podcast in the universe. Today, I'm joined by my dear friend, agency owner, talented gigabrain, Brent from AMZ Pathfinder. Brent, how are you doing? Do you consider yourself a gigabrain? Uh, I'm not familiar with the term, but uh, <laughs> I'll accept the mantle uh, gladly. I, I know Giga Chad. I, I, don't, I don't think I fall in Giga Chad. That's a different category. Gigabrain? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, you just finished up a... We were in Italy at the same time, did not see each other, but you were finishing no. up a pretty epic cycling trip. Uh, That's right. Your pictures made me... Not not jealous because I was uh, in Italy at the <laughs> like same time. In the next town over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I think I ate more than you because I was consuming uh, a, a you know a tremendous amount of energy riding every day and burning all these calories, and then I had to do what you do in Italy, which is eat insane yes. amounts of carbs. So you were uh, PBG powered by gelato. That is true. I ate one every single day. <laughs> you need to. Every uh, single, I need it. I need it's for my health. Yes. Uh, just for the listeners out there, uh, how many uh, miles or kilometers did you ride in what amount of time? Yeah. So uh, the trip, you know, the, the bulk of the trip was about like a week and a half or a two week period. I took some break break days in between there. And it was mostly in and around Tuscany uh, area because it was part of like a larger event. But um, I didn't I didn't track it in, in miles. So I don't know what the conversion is, but it was about a thousand kilometers. Um and I have the elevation somewhere, but it was a lot of climbing, especially on the days when I was in more remote areas of Tuscany. So saw a lot of small towns. And, you know, the funny thing about Italy is a lot of small towns don't have services. So if you're hungry, you got to go to like the basically the, the tobacco store and buy like, uh, you know, gummy worms or whatever to, to keep you going. You can't really, you know, if you sit down and have a full meal in Italy, it's like a, it's like an occasion, you know, you don't just eat something quick. So, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of pit stops at small towns that had almost no services in the middle of the heat in Tuscany. Uh, exciting times. Exciting times. That's why. Yeah, it was, it's hot in Italy right now. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I am a, a Terra brain, so I know that uh, about 1,000 kilometers is about 600 miles. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit over. I don't know. But it was, uh, it was not about the distance. This event was really about the, the scenery and actually kind yeah. of going slow, you know, trying to, trying to take it easy and really enjoy and soak it all in. Right on. One area that's not moving slow right now is Amazon. We're rolling out a whole bunch of new updates. Uh, Amazon Marketing Stream is a big one. Uh, mm -hmm. Next episode, I'll be talking about that. But today we have... Uh, sort of hot off the presses. In fact, I was poking around in th uh, three client accounts today. I did not see this. And however, there is there is help documentation for it. It is expanded product 
targeting. Um, so anytime there's an update in targeting capabilities, how you can target, who you can target, what you can target, it's always worth thinking about incorporating it into your overall mental map of all the targets that are available. And Brent, what is this new targeting option? Hit the drum roll. <laughs> Do you want me to actually drum on the desk or <laughs> should I just? <laughs> well, I'll say this. I mean, it, it it seems to me at first, Mike, when we were discussing this, like, is this a feature uh you know, looking for a solution. Like, what was this built for? But then as we discussed it more, examined it more, I started to come around on it a little bit. Um, and essentially, it's like bolting on some aspects that we know and love already from auto campaigns onto ASIN targeting and manual campaigns. Think of it like a strange little hybrid feature that's kind of related to that. And uh, I don't know, you know, who at Amazon this is the brainchild or genesis of. I'm sure there's a small team working on it. Uh, but it kind of came out with a whisper. I mean, I really, I just like you, I you know looked in some client accounts. Don't think I saw this anywhere. Uh, yet help help topics do exist, and here we are discussing it. And it has some interesting implications. Yeah. So the targeting feature is expanded product targeting. Um, so just to recap the sort of the again mental map, like how do we think about these things? You have product ads that you products that are yours that you are advertising and then you have targeting which are where you want your product ads to appear uh, so there's different kinds of targeting there's keyword targeting where you're saying hey go put my product near these keywords when they are searched and then of course there's product targeting where you say go serve my product near these other products most people know that to be product display pages but uh can product targets only appear on product detail pages? No, common right. misconception. Yeah, mm -hmm. and maybe something we should we should take a minute to dispel actually. So think of what Mike's just described with the ASIN target. You're basically following, stalking these ASINs you're targeting. It's not that you're showing up only on their product detail page, although that will happen. Uh, but if you take a look at any campaign you've created that has ASIN targeting and go to the uh, bid, you know, bid modification by placement area with the um, appearance there, you'll note that there are impressions and spend impression, you know, clicks being incurred in all the different slots. So top of search, product page, and rest of search. All, all those are represented. And usually it breaks down in the way that you'd expect, you know, higher impressions in product pages, but much higher cost per click and in many times um, spend in top of search, even though it gets a small fraction of the actual impressions. Yes, so that's very confusing. And just to recap again, if you're targeting an ASIN in product targeting, so manual sponsored product campaign, you're targeting a product, just like you said, Brent, you're following that product around and you can follow it around to search pages as well. So somebody typed in some word, they see that product, you're stalking that product and boom, there you are. So that's product targeting in a nutshell. And in your own personal sort of optimization scheme, where do you normally get to product targeting? How have you used normal historic product targeting in the past? Oh, I could think of several examples. Like, you know, let's go with like the most famous one that I think people talk about a lot, which is this idea that oh, we're going to target ourselves, and that's a defensive campaign. Um, and so we're going to kick uh, competitor placements of ads off of our own product detail pages. And to accomplish that, you might need to actually modify that bid modifier by placement for the product detail page in order to do it. Uh, a counter example would be the exact opposite. 
let's go get ourselves on product detail pages for competitors and try to steal sales from people who are landing on their page. Um, and there are a couple, a couple other use cases I can think of. One would be, let's find products that are a similar price to ours in the marketplace or at parity with them. You know, our offer, relatively speaking, is similar. Uh, or maybe products that are more or less expensive because price is a big consideration on Amazon. And the performance of those could go either way. You could say, let's piggyback on these more expensive products and offer ourselves as a cheaper option. Or let's offer ourselves as the premium version of this cheaper product. You have to test these things. There's no uh, like manual that says, oh, it's always going to work if you do it like this. That's just some of the scenarios I can think of. I don't know. That's 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 all I got at the, top, the tip of my tongue, Mike. You have any that are that are related? Yeah. It's, uh, to me, the thing that comes up right away is like the classic search term graduation. You know, you cast a wide net, let's say an auto campaign, you find the things that convert well, and then you can sort of graduate them up to more refined specific targeting because in the auto, you're bidding one bid for hundreds of impressions and then you can sort of just pluck the impressions that you want into a product targeting campaign and bid you know what that product target is worth to your company in terms of like how much revenue you're generating from it so that you can fine-tune how much you want to pay to appear with that product so like that's how product targeting is generally thought of those are some examples of doing it there's tons of different product targeting target your competitors products you know there's tons of stuff that you can do um and the way that it's always worked was that product targeting is always like exact match. You punch in a product, you punch in a product, you know, ASIN, you follow that ASIN around. Um, so wherever that product is, you'll appear hopefully on the product pages. If that product appears in a search result, you'll appear on that search result. So like that was the way that product targeting was done up until now. So uh, some new things have come out where we have product targeting, as we know, as we've described so far, where you target a product and you put your product ad near that product. Now it's, you can have the option of basically turning your product targeting to broad, like broad match product targeting, or uh, as it's officially known, expanded product targeting. Uh, and in Amazon's example, just read this right from the support doc. For example, if you're targeting a coffee maker to promote your own item, so I'm selling something, I'm targeting a specific coffee maker, and I click expanded product targeting, this feature enables you to target items that include substitutes, other coffee makers, and complements, coffee filters, uh, and other items that shoppers may browse along with the targeted coffee maker. So two very familiar words in that sentence, substitutes and compliments. Uh, we know those from automatic sponsored products. Yeah, it rings a lot of bells, doesn't it? And the first time I read that, I thought, oh, okay, I understand. I think conceptually what this is a lot better now because we know, we already know and love those two things. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there's um, what substitutes and compliments. And those are the ASIN categories for auto. And then there's the other ones, uh, the names close of which- Close and loose. Cl close and loose. And that's that has to do more with keywords, right? So you have mm -hmm. four different like subcategories and it's been a long time now, but you can, you know, technically bid on those at separate levels inside auto campaigns or do what we do sometimes, which is build four separate ad yep. groups, each with their own thing and then, you know, tweak and adjust as necessary. But what they're giving us here is two of those four things. Cause yet again, we're not chasing keywords. Yeah, exactly. So we, this whole thing of product targeting is primarily geared on 
targeting products. So now when you type in a competitor product and you click expanded product targeting, you're going to be targeting products that are related to that product that you're targeting. So it'll find substitutes to that product. Uh, so if it's a coffee maker, it'll find other coffee makers and it'll also find compliments, things that might be complementary to that product as well. There's this third part of their description to other items that shoppers may browse along with the targeted coffee maker. Um, so, you know, they're just tracking people's clicks and seeing, Hey, they clicked on that coffee maker that you're targeting, but then they also clicked on this other thing later. So like that, my, that is going to get lumped in here too. So associated browsing history, I guess would be right. the third thing here. And Amazon uh, sometimes calls that what basket building, right? They're trying to figure out, okay, well I'm on Amazon already. I'm shopping around. What do I need? That's an ancillary product related to it. Or, yes. um, in, in, uh, brand analytics, they have that one tab yep. that's like uh, comparison shopping or something like that. And it yep. tells you you know, what did someone look at in addition to your product and what's the ultimate decision they made in terms of purchasing, you know? And that's a great category in brand analytics, not to get too off topic, but like we look at that to create campaigns or examine competitors. It's nice. Um, And maybe this is doing some of that for us. Although, you know, my antenna also goes up a little bit, Mike, when I hear that, like, oh, by the way, we also threw this in (laughs) because it's like, wait, 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 what are you doing? What else are you putting in here? You know, how, how, how are you targeting this? I get suspicious, but that's just, you know, the cynical side. Yeah. So substitutes and compliments is already a big thing, right? Like what's right. complimentary to a coffee maker? I, I don't know. So many things. Coffee beans, uh, you know, I don't know. A Vacuum pack, things. storage ceiling yes. thing. I don't, I don't drink coffee, but I know people use that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's so many things that could be associated with it. And then you have another third bucket, which is just like common browsing history. So we've sort of withheld our uh, opinions here. And I guess we can first talk about why this makes sense. Uh, to me, where does this fit in and like the ways that you can target? Well, now you can sort of, you know, because we, we think of an auto campaign, right? Auto campaign, you punch your product in and then it goes and finds substitutes and compliments to your product. Straightforward. Now it's going to find substitutes and compliments to other any product so you can type in any product now and it'll find substitutes and compliments uh to that other product so now you can target other channels here and again it's, it's sort of narrow like you can kind of already do this kind of targeting like you kind of assume that if your product is relevant enough for it to trigger an auto campaign it probably needs to be relevant enough to like target in this expanded product targeting because amazon does want their ads to be relevant. So if you try to just target anything and you have an awful click-through rate and an awful conversion rate, you're probably going to be suppressed doing that targeting regardless of what you bid. So there's need to be relevant, of course. But um, yeah, it does fill in a slightly different targeting need where it's like, hey, I want to target products that are related to that other product. And maybe it's not even mine, but I want to go after sort of that sphere of products. So you're targeting substitutes and compliments to anyone's product now, as opposed to in an auto campaign, we are targeting substitutes and compliments to your product. So it's pretty interesting there. Right. Cause as far as I'm aware, you know, you're not able to set up an auto campaign and target a product that's not yours. So Cor- you can't, correct. you can't get that same functionality. It does not exist. So here we are with that now. In a, in a somewhat limited capacity. And I guess the other thing to say is, is the, you know, one of the reasons I see this as being potentially useful is it's kind of like a shortcut, right? If we're talking about why it makes sense or how to use it, like 
we spend a lot of time and energy trading, generating lists of ASINs that we think are along a certain theme. Like I talked about earlier, higher price, lower price, similar offer, um, you know, maybe even ones that are high traffic, for instance. And maybe this can take some of that legwork and shorten that actually and do it for us. Like Amazon's intent with having this exist is let's make this easier for more people because, you know, we as an agency or someone who's an advanced PPC um, optimizer really understands things, has tools and systems they use to like get a bunch of ASINs at scale or like scrape a bunch of these and filter them and then put them through this thing and deduplicate and blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side of that comes out like this nice, well-manicured list. Maybe this is a way to automate some of that and use their first party data and intelligence on their end. Totally well said. You know, one job of a PPC is to go out there and find a whole bunch of new keywords and targets to go target based off the historic data that you have. And, you know, you might find a keyword and then you might throw it in a phrase or abroad to find related things to that, right? Like, so like you're, you, you do your base level research and then you're like, let me throw some broadened phrase in here so that I can plant those seeds and find related terms to that. This is very similar to that. It's like, oh, I found this product. Now let me go find related products to that product. Um, that is sort of the spirit, I think, of this thing to sort of shortcut that process where it helps you find related things. Um, there are some caveats to that, though, um, some sort of skepticism or heavy consideration to make. Because if you think about the way like phrase or broad works in a targeting strategy, you're like, let me go find words related to this word. But with targeting substitutes and complements, it is that word related is stretched a lot because a lot of times when you're targeting product targeting uh, and you know, you find something that works, you usually have an intention like, oh, I'm going to do product targeting for my competitors. I'm going to do product targeting for myself. I'm going to do product targeting for products with, you know, a four star rating or less under a certain price point. Like that's the kind of sort of refinement that you're looking for with this it does not appear uh, that you can do that kind of tar- pre-filtering where it's like, I want to target this product, products related to it, but keep it under a certain uh, price range. So it wouldn't make sense if you target a product, you're like, oh, I do really well compared against products that are $10. But if it's going to show me for products for any price range, it sort of takes away some of that control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you know, it might make more sense to do sort of a category targeting or a brand level targeting where you can then refine that product targeting. So sort of that other kind of product targeting um, where you can say, hey, target this category of products, but only do it with star ratings from A to B and do it from price ranges from, uh, you know, D to C. So like you can control more that way. And it does look like we lose a little bit of that, a little bit of that control with expanded product targeting, which is probably the biggest uh, asterisk in terms of strategy here. Well, to their credit, back to the uh, some of the structural elements of it, they do give us the data though. So it's not yep. a black box like some of these other Amazon things that we've had in the past or like, where does it show up? Like shrug, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we do get the information in the reports and what was the phrase it uses? Product expanded. So it does yes. have it in the search term column, you get the data. And so it's appended with product expanded and then I suppose it gives you an ASIN, right? In the targeting or uh, search term yep. column. And you can also set them as negatives or you can take them mm-hmm. and move them to uh, their own exact match. Well, exact match, because that's effectively what it is. 
ASIN targets in uh, a different campaign or the same campaign, whatever you wish to do, whatever your organizational structure that makes sense. So you can you know, see what things aren't working and set negatives against them. No harm, no foul. After the couple clicks that you've uh, used to assess performance, maybe you go and chase down that ASIN yourself and say, ah, this isn't a good fit based on what I imagine this ad group to be. Maybe it works somewhere else. I'm going to negate it here. You know, interesting find though. Thank you, Amazon for trying. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, as we sort of begin to uh, put our like final thoughts and strategy here. This is just another kind of research-based targeting or sort of looser, broader targeting. And all the same rules apply when it comes to looser, broader targeting. It's like, yeah, you're going to find some su suggestions that are probably going to be valuable that you want to double down on and graduate to maybe more exact targeting. And then you might find other things that are going to be not great that you will negate there's a phrase, if it ain't great, you got to negate, uh, which you'll turn into a negative targeting because uh, you will get the search term report. So as long as you go into this using this frame of reference, you're going to be a-okay. If you just turn this on and you sit back and never look at it, you're going to be missing out on the opportunity to double down on the things that do really well. And you're going to miss out on the wasted spend by not going in and negating things that just aren't relevant or working out for your product. Right, so so as always, you know, one of the key lessons of PPC, you have to stay on top of it. <laughs> Basically, you have to watch it, you have to monitor it, you have to optimize it. There has to be a system, there has to be an ongoing, you know, recurring calendar event, click up task, whatever it might be, so you don't overlook this stuff. So, but th that's something I think, Mike, you've probably preached on this podcast for, uh, for many years. <laughs> I've already got the slogan. If it ain't great, you gotta negate. That's right. That's right. And uh, so it rhymes, so it must be true. Bingo. That's how it works. Uh, so final thoughts, great way to expand reach. Like it's literally called expand product targeting. Uh, Research-based things are always nice. So if you are in a sort of growth phase, trying to expand things, trying to find more opportunity, you know, mm -hmm. you're going, you're looking at competitors, you're using research tools, you're doing all this stuff to find more opportunity. This is another tool that you have in your tool belt to find products that are related to the thing that you're targeting. Probably going to be some overlap with other areas that you're going after. That's probably fine. Like it's not the end of the world if you have some overlapping targeting. Again, you go back, you look at where things are appearing, how they're uh, performing in those appearances, and then you adjust, you graduate terms up to less research-based targeting. So like exact ASIN targeting exact match, that kind of thing. So I think this is just another tool in our sort of research-based tool belt that um, can just expand your reach. And just like everything, like nothing is perfect. Things need to be optimized. Yeah, I mean, if the question is, could I see us using this at Pathfinder, like on a company-wide basis, you know, educating the team, talking about the ins and outs, and then saying, let's roll this out in some accounts and test it. You know, not something that's so key that we need to tell the client, hey, we're testing this new feature. It's so exciting. Yeah. Now, it's a little bit more low key than that. You know, let's roll it out and monitor it. And the one thing I'm not sure if we mentioned so far in the documentation, Amazon does say that they update this on a daily basis. So actually, mm -hmm. they are looking every day to see what they can add uh, and maybe remove. I don't know if they look at the performance and actually take it away for you. I imagine, I imagine they do. Um, but I don't know about you, but you know, I'm not updating the uh, product, you know, ASIN targeting campaigns every day in our accounts. Um, so, hey, maybe we're going to benefit from some of Amazon's 
uh, intelligence, machine learning, AI, whatever you want to call it. They have a lot of first party data on the back end, right? That's powering some of these things. And if it's plugged into that intelligently, uh, hopefully that everyday update is going to be to our advantage. Maybe what it's doing is finding new entrants in the market that now yeah. we're targeting um, those like up and comers or something like right that, away. that we otherwise wouldn't have found. Uh, yeah, right for, away. So For weeks potentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really neat too. Like if uh, we were just poking around before the call too, looking at a product opportunity explorer and they have a setting like how many brands were selling in this niche, it fluctuates. It goes up and down yeah. um, as people enter, people leave. Uh, I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of companies on Amazon, like in any niche. And being able to just have a feature that's just like, hey, anytime a product related to this product shows up, let's just go after it, updated daily. So that's sort of a, I wonder how powerful that will be, but uh, it seems like a great little add on here. Right. Obviously too early to tell, but um, something, something worth noting might be a nice benefit of it. Yes. And one thing to also mention here too, is um, where you see this, this will be like when you go to create a sponsored product, uh, manual product targeting campaign there will be buttons for you to enter in an individual product target and then just market expanded. So that's where you will eventually see this. Uh, I saw this in screen caps today. Uh, as I mentioned, there are three accounts that I did not have access to this for this yet. Well, Brent, we've done it. Pretty solid breakdown. I mean, I'm ready to try this myself. So uh, now that we're thoroughly educated, uh, we have some contextual background for why it matters, how to use it, maybe some gotchas. Uh, but thanks Amazon for a, a new, a new gift here as we roll into July. Yes. Uh, Brent from AMZ Pathfinder. It's always great to have you on the show. I'll see you again in approximately eight weeks and, uh, for everyone else, I'll be back here next week. Have a good Thanks, one. Mike.